thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. anniversary we're yeah two years yeah really yeah wow actually we missed it last week i think mm. january 21st i think was our first release nice so two years that's awesome happy anniversary I yeah yeah <laughs> that's sweet i'm looking yeah. back because i still have the same notebook can go all the way, all the way back. It's Bruin View 001. Dope. Dope. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, uh, when I logged into our Untapped tonight, uh, yeah. I, got, I got an anniversary update, and I was like, oh, that sounds about right. Because, nice. uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty- yeah. My third apartment that I've done the show in. Yes. And maybe I know I've done it at a couple different houses Mm -hmm. and you've done it. Have you done it from one of your dog sitting places? I have. Yeah. 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 So, yes, we're mobile. Yeah. Um, We we find a way to get it done. Yeah, that's right. I'm looking at uh, all our old. (laughs) Our old. Notes, 
introduction, beers, assignments, stream picks, next week assignments, trailers, mm -hmm. main review hmm. with spoilers, question mark? Hmm. <laughs> question mark. <laughs> cool. Nice. Awesome. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, how's things in... Uh, Oh yeah, you're. While well, we were talking a little bit before we started, uh, you're kicking off Mardi Gras, so it's beer time down there, boy. Yo, baby. Yeah, definitely. It's going. It's going down for real. Mm -hmm. Um, right here. Yeah, pretty sweet so far. Um, just did a couple things here and there. It's really gonna kick into high gear this weekend, and. Uh, it's going to be pretty much nonstop until Fat Tuesday, or culminating in Fat Tuesday. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> and I have that Tuesday and Wednesday off, so mm. thank good goodness. Mm. Mm. That Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you drinking, Bobby? Ah, uh, well, in the meantime, I am having a Ferocious Citrus IPA. From Hopworks Urban Brewery, mm -hmm. and that uh, was delivered to me courtesy of friend of the show, Master Zed. Mm -hmm. And as I want to do when I have one of his beers here, I want to see what he has to say about it. Uh, as for Hub, nothing extravagant, just a decent citrusy IPA, and uh, I gotta agree. It is okay. a nice down the middle of the plate citrusy IPA. Um, it's got grapefruit in it, I guess, um, and it it doesn't it has that kind of like dry tartness to it, uh, but it's also got a good hoppy flavor. Um, I gave it a three point five on Untapped. Um, good beer. Uh, if I if I had uh, access to it. I could see myself having this one regularly. It's nice, refreshing, hazy. Mm -hmm. The hazy IPAs are a real deal down here. And uh, yeah. the bottle remi uh, reminds me of Wolverine. Ah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he's got the chops Good. and the yeah. hair. Uh, I don't know. It's on Untapped if you want to take a closer look, listeners. Yeah, check it out. Uh, but yeah, 3.5. I'm enjoying it, and uh, thank you. Devin, appreciate it. Yeah, very nice. Um, I'm having a, uh, this is from Snatty Greens Brewing Company, uh, Southern Session IPA. Um, 5.2, no, no IBU to speak of. Um, this is from uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, this is actually a gift from somebody while we were dog-sitting. Nice. And, um, yeah, so, um, we, <laughs> well, the funny thing is while we were dog sitting, the cat died. So hmm. that was, they hmm. still brought McBear back. Yeah, right. It was interesting. Yeah. If we did I, our job. We watched the dog. Yeah, exactly. If I had a cat and the person dog sitting, um, managed to kill the cat and or it mm. died while they were dog sitting mm. I'd, be all right. I'd, I'd probably shake their hand and hand them a crisp 20 yeah i hate hey. cats <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well i mean obviously they didn't it didn't affect their their gift giving so uh but Good. this is uh 
I don't know what kind of beer this is. Um, it's got a very, uh, there's a flavor to it. It's a tint to it almost, almost a metallic tint to it. Um, uh. Yeah, it's, it's, I gave it a, a 2.5. It's, it's, it's not overwhelming that tint. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I, there are some, I, you know, a session, um, you know, you're going to get some uh, more, it's a, a lighter taste to it. You know, a session IPA is going to have a little bit lighter uh, flavor to it, and it, it does have that. It's just there's a there's this aftertaste that just I can't get rid of, and um, uh, it's good. It's no, it's it's just okay. It's middle of the road, okay. exactly at a two point five. So, yeah, I'm not uh, this whole uh, uh, Natty Greens Brewing Company. I got a six pack from them, and and none of them really stood out. So uh, I was saving this for a while, and it was uh, the next in line. Hmm. Hmm. Bummer. So had better, had yeah. worse though. At least there's that. Yeah. 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 Um, so. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I am. We uh, like life. This show finds a way. Um, mm-hmm. We're recording in spite of my internet not working. You bet. So uh, I I don't have a ton of info on the uh, on the beer. Well, um, I can give it to but, you. Uh, yeah, sure. So let's hear it. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is uh, 6.4 ABV nice. and a 65 IBU mm. for your ferocious citrus I- IPA. Um, the average rating is a 3.78 okay. uh, with 5,200 check-ins. So, yeah. Hey, there you go. All right. so, uh, hazy IPA with organic citrus forward i think you already said that mm-hmm. grapefruit juice and san juan island estate wheat mm. yeah so, I, there I you can go. really taste that that mm-hmm. san juan wheat yes they're so famous for so good it's mm. delicious um yeah so oh, anyways yeah and well it like uh true to form you uh have done another good uh done a great picture I'm not just going to say good. Uh, you, uh, you, uh, color, color, uh, with the greens and the oranges and stuff. You max, you mix it up with your, uh, uh, 12 reasons to die comic yeah. from the ghost face killer, oh, which yeah. is pretty sweet. That's a, uh, I, I'm very impressed because most times you just, uh, most people on untapped will just hold their beer in their hand and yeah. And kind of like me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's a that's a well crafted, not only beer, but picture. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I got this um, table when uh, my friend Brennan was uh, last time we visited them. They're uh, they're now they've begun the first leg of their journey to Germany. Uh, they're in Atlanta, <laughs> so <laughs> so they've uh, gotten further away from Germany than they were when they were in Florida. But yes. Such is life. So he gave me this table, and uh, I I love it. I have it right behind my desk. I, you know, got coaster and the beer. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I'll try and do that. Try and switch it up. Get some some nice uh, backdrops here and there because I'm I'm loving the table. So yeah. Well. well, cool. Well, um, yeah. Check it out on Untapped. The picture uh, where you can follow us, just like uh, one of our friends, Josh Weekly. Nice. nice. I think you may know that guy. I do. 
And yeah. it was nice of him to uh, check in and be friends with us. He He's having a mango milkshake. <laughs> he Drink said there's no... He says, there's no way this is beer. It's got to be juice. Gave it a 4.25. Mm. Um, he's also drinking a lot. And also, um, uh, Tyler from Wisconsin, thank uh, you very much again for checking in. Ty Ty, the he's, Wisco guy. Yeah, that's right. Um, he's having a tangy IPA. Um, I love it. From uh, Purchase at Jeff Spirits on Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, David Cow who's a friend of mine through the R2 Pursuits podcast. He's drinking some stuff from Funk uh, Brewing, which uh, uh, is a local beer. And Brennan <clears throat> looks like he is drinking at in Atlanta because mm. recent, most recently he's uh, within t- the last two hours he was drinking. So <laughs> shocking, I would say. Shocking. Shocking. Yes, mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, yeah, awesome. So get in touch with us on Untapped. We, uh, we you like, bet. We like knowing what everyone's up to. Yes. And Ross Vivian also drinking a fat mongrel mm. Mm. from Fox Hat Brewing somewhere down under. Wow. So. Ross Vivian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gotta love it. And I yep. Do. All right. So, yeah, uh, we're Brewing View Pod. On Untapped, follow us. Let's go follow on a, us. Let's go on a journey together. That's right. All right. Uh, I feel like we got a lot to get to tonight. Yes, we do. Um, so, uh, as promised last week, do you want to start things off with Blade Runner twenty forty nine? Yeah. Well, yeah. That that'd be great. Um, so yeah. Um, thanks to uh, Mister in Dallas, he. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hooked us up with uh, a chance to watch Blade Runner 2049 or 2049, uh, directed by uh, uh, Dennis Villeneuve, who uh, for me is uh, he's only had one miss as, as far as I'm concerned. He uh, missed with um, uh, the en- or enemy. Was enemy one of his first features? Uh, yes, okay. uh, it was, it, yeah, he's a, he's a Canadian, I think a French Canadian director. Um, I, it, like he did some other stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, no, he did prisoners before. Oh, really? Uh, anime. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, which are in the same year, they were both released in 2013. So, right. um, well, the, and then there goes his excuse. Yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah. Um, but, uh, I really like prisoners. Okay. Uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I know it was dark and kind of gritty, but it, I liked having uh, uh, Wolverine in a, in a fragile state, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also did uh, Sicario, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think best movie of uh, 2015 for me. Mm-hmm. Also did Arrival, which mm-hmm. was up for Oscars last year and this year or this past year, Blade Runner. So yes. um, it's the follow up, the, the sequel. I mean, it, it is a sequel. Yes. Uh, people, you know, uh, I've heard people say you don't have to watch uh, the first one, but um, it would definitely be worth watching the first one to enjoy yeah. this one. Yeah, I would say so. Um, and we got uh, Ryan Gosling as K and uh, a whole host of characters. I mean, there's a lot of recognizable characters in this. Yeah. Um, we also, I mean, obviously Harrison Ford's in it. He's on the poster. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Dave Batista. Yes. Uh, and who, who was, he was great. He's a good actor. He like, is. Yeah. Shockingly good actor. Yeah. Um, um, he was definitely one of the highlights of uh, Guardians Volume 2. Um, for sure. And uh, I liked him in the, the uh, RZA directed Kung Fu movie, Man with the Iron Fist. He played, uh, I think, the bronze body or something like that. Uh, but, okay. Uh, yeah, he, he's kind of just doing character actor stuff, but He's, you can tell that he um, takes it seriously and wants to excel, and I, I really liked him um, in his uh, short run on the screen here this, this time around. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Robin Wright, who is having a, a nice little resurgence, uh, which is fun. Um, uh, Jared Leto, who, whatever. And then for my, for my money, mm-hmm. this movie... Sylvia Hoax mm. or Hawks mm-hmm. as love. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about love. Yes. All yes. right. All right. So uh, I, I had high hopes and hopes for you to watch this. And um, I want to hear what you say. Um, I had really high expectations and uh, I felt like it delivered. I think that there's so many different ways we could approach this movie um so to start uh visually stunning beautiful that's Um, exactly how i explain it It's just visually stunning yeah it is absolutely um uh i I feel like shame on me for not making uh an actual effort to go see this in the theaters um uh but i um, not so much because I don't know. I'm not one of the people who feels like, uh, I have to see it. And if it has great visuals, I have to see it in the theater. Otherwise I'm missing out on something. I kind of more just feel bad that, um, I was excited for this movie and, and I guess I feel bad because the best way to, you know, support stuff like this is to vote with your wallet. And, yeah. um, I, you know, miss missing out on something super immersive, of course, but I just, I really hope this finds an audience now. Um, because even if you're not hugely into sci fi, if you like movies, this is it just for lack of uh, better phrasing, it, it really is just stunning to look at. Yeah, it's a, it's a, um, like this guy is uh Dennis Villeneuve mm-hmm. is a craftsman. He is a um, Absolutely. He like he, uh, you know and I know a lot of us is done with editing and CGI and stuff like that but like the right. the colors and and uh visual uh uh just the atmosphere of it was just yeah. it, it it felt it really did feel like the first blade runner because the first blade runner storyline was for me, it was hit or miss. It was the it was the Ridley Scott's Blade Runner is uh, a really convoluted mess with like five different cuts and like depending right. on which cut you watch, like it the um, implications and and illusions like can get lost um, with with each varying cut. Um, I'm, but the visuals of it yeah. were is the things that really stuck out to me. Well, there's two things that stuck out from from the first Blade Runner. It was um, Rucker Hauer, yeah, and 
and the visuals of it, right? You know, you have this uh, this future that is, you know, uh, 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 a far advance yet. This this isn't like the nice and pretty future. This is down in the slums future. Yeah, and um, it's very tech noir. Yes, yes, yes. It, well, it, and almost like almost steampunky. You know, yeah, like not not quite steampunk, but you know, um, it's going down that route for sure. Like a digital steampunk, mm-hmm. um, a digital punk maybe. Um, but this was like a, a very worthy successor absolutely i think for that because it like visually like okay the the characters were okay there were some there Um, were there were some good mm -hmm. some bad um i thought robin wright was great i thought uh baptista i thought um you know uh what's his name um uh Ryan Gosling was okay. Like he did, he wasn't asked to do a whole lot and he was asked to be just muted. Yeah. I was going to say he was, he, he definitely had the, um, just this dourness about him, but I think that was the, the point of the character. Yeah. And, and even when, but you know, a a good point to make is even when you're, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing that, uh, and you're doing an effective job at it, that doesn't automatically make it interesting. Right, yeah. So um, kind of had and a, so, a middling protagonist. Yes, but I'm telling you what, it. this is one of my favorite villains of all time. Great. She, she is Darth Vader of this movie. Yeah. I, like, amazing. I'm talking about love. Yeah, amazing need- on-screen presence, like, just always... Um, Always the character you gravitate towards, um, and, and and not even you don't even realize it till like uh, this is kind of a spoiler, but not even till the second half you don't even realize it. Right, right, and that's that. What was um, one of the things that was really cool about the execution of it was it it you're presented with this very um, just simple like appearing to be subservient replicant uh, who ends just, up being a driving force of the second and third act of the movie. Just like really, really great. Like I, I, I mean, she takes a little second seat to the visuals of this movie. Yeah. But, but not very far because I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, just fantastic. Um, I really, really enjoyed this movie, and it's yeah. it's a long movie, and it there's points where it drags, but like as soon as it starts to drag, it he, he then you end up in Las Vegas, and it's just yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah, it is. You know, I felt um, yeah, it does have a long runtime, um, but I know ne- I never felt it. I wouldn't say I felt it drag. I kind of felt um, just really immersed in everything and um even there are it does hit those slow parts but i'm still just kind of like watching you know following the story really like looking at the set and and just kind of being in awe of like the color palette's fantastic we mentioned um the visual effects are great and and just um so it it was a long movie but for me it just it definitely felt it was satisfying for me from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And as this is like a worthy successor to the first one, mm-hmm. um, I think she, uh, she, as a as a protagonist or an antagonist, uh, was a worthy successor to Rucker Howard because Rucker Howard was like, as I saw that as a kid, I saw Blade Runner. I mean, it came out in ninety eighty four, I think. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't see it probably till eighty six or eighty seven, right about the time you were being, mm. you know, being conceived as a replicant yourself. Yes. Um, uh, it scared he scared the living hell out of me, and like she is a worthy successor to him, yeah, like really, absolutely. really good. I mean, like one of the best villains I've seen in a long time, and not like the anti hero type, you know, Daniel Plainview type character oh, or anything yeah. like that. This is this is straight up villain mm-hmm. character, and, and like sinking her teeth into it, and it just oh, oh man, I'm. Yeah, we need to do like based on this performance, like best just villains. I know we did evil characters, but yeah. like you know, yeah. um and yeah. So we'll have to spin that into something. Yeah, it's one of it's one of the it's the exception, I would say. This movie is the exception of the um going back to the well after so long. Um and it actually being its existence being completely justified. And not only justified, but should be celebrated. So, and and almost to the point where it they needed to wait this long for the technology and stuff to blow you away, right? Um, like, um, I don't, I know it's up for some stuff as far on um, on the Oscar, maybe a couple of visual things, maybe I think, hopefully, um. But because it it deserves it, it really does. Like mm-hmm. you know, this like Arrival was up for Best Picture last year. This is a, a far better movie than Arrival. Yeah, in my in my opinion, like I far agree. better. I agree, and I, I I think Arrival was a really good movie. Um, Arrival was, uh, I think we talked about it. It it worked in spite of itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the story. Yeah, this mm, yes, it was that com- it, it was, was an, the it was interstellar. Yeah, it was it, an interesting interst- way to tell a story. Yeah, yeah. Um but it, but it all hinged on the story, yeah. you know. Yeah, it did. And, and there was some visual there was some good visual stuff and like I'm like I trust this guy with any movie right now. Like he is on my oh, top yeah. list. Like I with um I, I'll go see anything he does I or think, at least I'll um, wait for Fredo to help me watch it. <laughs> Well, now I feel like I need to go see anything he does just because of what a, I don't want to say mess, but just what a, what a under, uh, what a missed opportunity to really, um, so, yeah. bring this to, a, to an audience. Been um, great to see it in like IMAX or something like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I, th- I thought the, the, um, the story itself I, I thought was great. Um, it kind of, it, uh, opens a little bit with kind of like flipping the um inverting the uh the unicorn idea okay with yeah the, uh with the horse and then yes instead of um oh yeah it almost like kind of plays that whole thing backwards um which i thought was really clever but uh it just um it this the structure is great i the um the little clues that they drop along the way yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Are are so good when he uh uh when Kay goes to visit the the woman who manufactures dreams and 
like that just that totally blew me away (laughs) like i think the next morning after i watched this the next morning i like woke up and i was like getting ready and thinking about it and something just clicked and i was like that was amazing yeah there it is it with with being so grand and stuff it's still very very subtle Mm -hmm. yeah and that was one of the great things about the original blade runner is obviously it's it's very aged now, um, but it was so, so grand uh, in scope, but it also was just a, a masterclass in, in subtlety. Um, and I think that's kind of why uh, I, I, you could kind of have your reservations about, I don't know, do we, do we need another Blade Runner? Because, you know, subtlety is not the name of the game in, in uh, mainstream cinema right now, so... Yeah, no, you're right, and and it had enough nods to the old part with the Atari stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, and um, you know, I thought it, it at one point it kind of well, I'm like, don't want to spoil a whole lot because like this thing, whole thing is like a visual feast, but um, nice. uh, but there was one like cameo uh, that kind of eh, wasn't really worth. I it it, it served the story, yeah. but it was more for visual. It was like a shot at um, uh, shot at Star Wars, and this is how you bring back a character. <laughs> was it? Uh, you know. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I gave this a nine. Okay, um, great. I I was I was stunned by this. I I loved it. So great. Yeah. It's uh, how did I, I know you ask about watching it with uh, OT? Yeah. And uh, did did you watch it with her? I did. Um, we rented uh, the final cut of Blade Runner the other uh, the night prior. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, so uh, she she wasn't crazy about that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think I hear her snickering. Uh, yeah, I did. Mm. she she wasn't. Crazy. And that wasn't a snicker. <laughs> yeah, that was straight up <laughs> laugh. Yeah, she wasn't crazy about that one, but I think she she really liked um, twenty forty nine. Yeah, uh, and it is. I think that um, I don't know. I I think that your enjoyment of twenty forty nine might not, you know, it might not diminish too much just because there is so much as a viewer for you to unpack and enjoy. Um, but, yeah, but to really like, not un- I don't want to say understand, but to I really think get in the right the mindset, full scope. It would. It definitely helps to see the original Blade Runner. Right. You have to be in the right mindset because it's not like all gun gunfights or anything like that. What? Say it on mic. She says she's glad she saw both. Okay, great. <laughs> um, which she should be because they're both uh, masterpieces. Yes. Um, yes. So. Uh, I don't know. I kind of want to. I kind of feel like. Um, thank you, Fredo, for making it available to us. But I almost feel like I want to buy my own. Oh, copy I think I'm going to buy just it. for yeah. just to, like I said, vote with your wallet and um, just. Yeah. I, I really do hope this finds an audience on on home video, and I think that's kind of. I mean, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look it up, but um, I think that's kind of how Blade Runner evolved. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, based on what I'm seeing here in the box office, budgeted at like 150 
and then it grossed uh, ninety two million. Jeez, which is which is it sucks. <laughs> have to buy dude, a because, couple copies. <laughs> yeah, it it sucks because it was I like, and even and even Jared Leto, it was palatable in this movie. Oh yeah, I I I thought he. Um... I liked him in this movie. Uh, yeah, like I'm always waiting to like not like him. Yeah. And like this and Dallas Buyers Club are the movies oh, that I'm like. He was really good. Yeah, Dallas Buyers Club was that was a good movie. Yeah. Um yeah, so, so he he was good in this. Um I, yeah. God. I, I don't know. I, I don't wanna spend any more time on it, I guess, yeah. than we did because we have assignments to get to, but yeah, great movie. Um, anyone who enjoys science fiction or the art of movie making um, needs to check this out. Yeah, and check out uh, yeah, and Sylvia Hawks or Hoax or whatever her name is, fantastic, absolutely, freaking tastic, just great villainy. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, I signed you yeah. a movie. Trip yeah. nine, triple nine, trip nine. I'm sorry, I didn't assign you like the first eight of this. Yeah, I was lost. Triple, yeah. Episode nine. So like, did they do single, double, and triple, and then triple one, triple two, triple three? Yeah. Anyway, and it goes into the majors. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Triple um, nine, major league nine. Uh, let me. Do you want me to run down the cast and everything? For you, um, I let's see. Uh, there is the the relevant people: uh, Anthony Mackey, mm-hmm. um, Chutel Ford, guy from Chutel, yeah, Chutel, Chutel, um, Aaron Paul, mm-hmm. uh, Norman Reedus, Casey Affleck. Oh Jesus Christ! Woody Harrelson, even, Kate Winslet. Didn't even, I didn't even know that was Kate Winslet. I had no idea that was her. No idea. Um, Gal Gadot. Oh my God! Yeah, all star oh. cast. Woo. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm missing. A, I'm missing a couple people, but they're kind of. I don't want to say uh, Norman not, Reedus. Yeah, I got him. Okay. Um, Norman Reedus and because him and Aaron Paul are brothers. Yeah. Um, did you watch this? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. Let's get into it. Uh, it's yeah. a, a star-studded cast. Not really. Uh, maybe star-studded is the right word, but it's it's got a cast of of names that you recognize. Yes. Um. And. Uh, <sighs> That's that's definitely the the draw of it. You see a bunch of like they they cast such a wide net of like good actors and and people who played characters you love, and um, that I feel like there's a lot of a uh, lot lot of potential to bring in viewers. Um, but I don't know what else this really has to offer. Um, no. There's, there's like a bunch of little good movies in this movie. There's a bunch of, uh, not a bunch. There's a couple good scenes. I'm glad you uh, saw it because I, I think, uh, one, I thought the opening robbery was okay. Um, but the the one scene that I really liked was the uh, police raid, 
um, in the project building with where um, yeah, that's Kate, the one Casey that stood Affleck out. was the was uh, leading them with the uh, I don't with the riot gear. Um, yeah, that, it reminded me of the uh, episode I think four or something like that of uh, True Detective. Yeah, really uh, were they tense. Yes, great, great moment. Um, but it's just it it wanted to be heat. Um, I think it wanted to be like an urban departed, uh, or uh, you know, wanted to be training day. Like it just, it's kind of like when we were talking about life last week. It just kind it beg borrows and steals from a lot of better movies. Um. It's just not effective to me. Um, the plot is really convoluted. Like uh, somehow the like Russian Jewish mob is operating out of Atlanta, and Kate Winslet is the you know head of the family while her husband's in prison. Well, a couple of stretches in that plot there. Um, but it just, it's, the sum is just not as great as its parts. I agree with you. I think there's, there's some, there's some, there's some nuggets of better stories that they could have expanded on and fleshed out. Um, well, it, what I, what I felt like, it was like, like six, six different plot lines, like six different, like little movies. You could have made like great movies, you know, mm-hmm. um, what well, be it, you know, the relationship between, um, Anthony Mackie and, uh, and Casey Affleck. See, like uh, that, I would have liked that, to see that, that a, movie much more. Yeah, it'd been a great movie or mm-hmm. the movie between, uh, Edifor and, um, Kate Winslet, that movie or the movie between, you know, um, Aaron Paul and his brother and the other, like there were so many little subplot like this. There were so many plots in this movie. And it's just like it, like every time you started to get invested, especially with that, like that, 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 um, that chase through the, the, the projects. Yeah. Amazing. It was was tense. It was good. It was like, I was like a half hour in this movie. I'm like, I'm turning this off. Yeah. Like I was almost done with it. And then that, that thing showed up and I was like, okay there okay there's something here there's something here but then i would love a like a spiritual successor to end of watch with uh anthony and casey affleck that's what i yeah i'd like to see that yeah they i mean they had great chemistry together i thought it was yeah and um yeah it was just and then you know Aaron paul was kind of just a caricature there was nothing yeah i I think he was hired to be um, he was to wasted so, they, so that they could put Aaron Paul on the billing. Same with Norman Reedus because he he didn't stick around long enough to really have any sort of arc. Yeah, but they definitely were like, "Look, it's Norman Reedus." Um, so oh. couple of yeah, a couple of wasted solid character actors. Um, and then I could just watch a whole movie of Gal Gadot just walking around in her short shorts. Jeebus. Yeah, holy cannoli. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, she's a wonder of a woman. And yes. <laughs> so lame. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, I, w- I don't even want to say flashes of brilliance, but there's, 
um, flashes no, one, of one other great movies. scene in this movie. Yeah, there's one great scene, and then there's just a bunch of things that are just kind of like um, would be better served as a, as a simple, fully fleshed out story. Yeah. Um, yep. And then when you know everyone's getting knocked off at the end, it's just like. Yeah, it was departed. Come on. Ish. Yeah. 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 Departed Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I th- I'd say it's worth a watch just for the that that one scene. Yeah, I uh, mean, if you could YouTube that scene. Yeah, but that's... you have to kind of get invested in the first part of it to know what's going on, I guess. I don't know, because um, I didn't really feel invested before that scene. I guess you're right. Yeah, because I, like I said, I was ready to turn it off. Yeah, like the, prior to because there was a lot of like standing around cars yelling at each other. Yeah, it felt it felt like a um, criminals outside cars bitching each other. Yeah, bootleg instead beat. of comedians and cars yeah. getting coffee. Criminals outside of cars. <laughs> criminals around cars. Yeah, it felt a bootleg heat to open the movie, and then yeah, yeah, it just. Yeah, it it took from a lot of other genre movies that did it better. Um, and maybe it is just because we watched Life recently, too, that I'm kind of kind of sour on it. But I didn't hate it. I give it a six. Um, but I'm not rushing out to tell. Like, I'm glad you saw it so we could talk about it. But I'm not, yeah. rushing, I'm not rushing to tell anybody to see Triple Nine. Yeah. I I would just recommend it for that one scene. Yeah. Um yeah, it's yeah. A, it, it's it's a well-crafted scene. It's it's tense um and uh yeah, it it it's uh it's a good scene for sure, but um it doesn't like it it it, it had promise. Like I thought that it was going somewhere as a movie, but it just it doesn't from there. But a really good scene. Right. Really enjoyable yep. scene. It's kind of like, so th- there's that great scene in Atomic Blonde, the, yeah. the long take, but everything around that scene is is good. Like, it's serviceable. Like, I, I enjoy oh, yeah. that movie. But this, oh, yeah. no, this yeah. is kind of like, there's that one really good scene, but everything around it is just kind of like, yeah. Eh. Like, I never felt, in, except for that scene, I never felt, Invested. Yeah, the char- the characters weren't really you couldn't really invest yourself in the characters because everything was there were so many characters that everyone was kind of one dimensional. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. And I'm trying to think of like movies that were able to do that. I mean, Ocean's 11, you got a huge cast, tons of yeah. stars and and you're able to make it that works. work. Yeah. Yep. So and, but you can have one dimensional characters and still make a good story around it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um it's just it's give and take, I guess. And if you're gonna have one dimensional characters, you gotta have something else to hook us in. So just didn't have that. But um it's on Amazon Prime. It's from this year, two thousand seventeen. Or this past year rather. I think fifteen, I think. Oh really? It's that old? Jeez. Yeah. Hmm. My bad. Let me look. Triple nine two thousand oh no, sixteen, sorry. Sixteen. Okay. Yes. Still. Um but yeah. That's, you could do worse, but you know, it's, you're better off watching Heat, Training Day, Departed, Infernal yeah. Affairs. Watch all those, and then you'll get a feeling for this. Yeah, End of Watch. Uh, we talked about recently. It's go if you haven't seen End of Watch, skip Triple Nine. Go watch End of Watch. Um, but 
Oh, you know what? Bef- before we go on to your assignment, we talked about this a little ways back, and I watched it and kept forgetting to bring it up, but I did watch uh, episode one of season four of Black Mirror. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, um, I forget, uh, the USS Callister. Yes. Um, and uh, it was, I'm trying to think, it didn't go like full, uh, full cabin in the woods, but um, it, it it was, was close. A, right? Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was a good, um, a a, a good um, kind of like perverting of that wholesome Star Trekky universe. So right. Yeah. For for a one hour episode. Yeah. It, like it's it's a it's a well like they got like from what I've seen I've seen probably. I don't know, maybe a dozen of the Black Mirror, maybe not even that. I the Black Mirror, like st- eight, I would say. Yeah, yeah, and and it and what's good about that show is like you can hop in and hop out whatever you want. You don't yeah. have to stay invested. Um, but like, I like the fact that they're getting clever writers and and able to tell like na- neat little stories and yeah. be able to pull it off with like some big time actors. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm I'm glad you. Yeah, I, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it, I'm, it, I'm glad I remembered to talk about it too. Because at this point, I'm kind of like a little hazy on the details because it's been a month, I think, since you assigned it to me. Yeah, <laughs> and I watched it like the next day after we recorded, and then just kept forgetting to bring it up. But yeah, um, uh, nice cast. Jim, Jimmy Simpson always weird to see him in something other than it's always sunny. I know that yeah. he's making a name for himself on uh, Westworld, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um I I liked it and the uh it was Meth cool. Damon. Yeah, Meth, um <laughs> Meth Damon. Uh what's his name Jesse Plum? Yeah. Yeah, and Aaron Paul, voiceover at the end. Shout out Aaron Paul. Oh, was it really? Yeah, when uh when they finally break into the actual uh game on the web. Yeah. And they're talking to one of the other users. It's Aaron Paul. Oh, that's sweet. There you go. Yeah, so, um, yeah, worth checking out Netflix. Uh, I think at this point, it started out as a BBC show, but now I believe yeah, it's I think Netflix Net- original. Yeah, I Netflix bought it, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, check it out. It's streaming. And like uh, like you said, it's it's great for, um, like, popping in and popping out of. You don't, you know, you don't have to worry about all the through lines and, yeah, you it's can, not water you, cooler. Yeah, you can binge it if you want, but they're you know they're all separate. It's it's like a um, tech version of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So, cool. Yeah, um, but I assigned you a movie. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, streaming on Amazon right now, a ghost story from I think it's last year. Yes. 2000, yeah, two thousand seventeen. Uh, oops. Sorry, hit a picture. Um, um, so, uh, from, and I usually don't do this, <clears throat> but this is the uh, synopsis in a singular exploration of legacy, love, loss, and enormity of existence. A recently deceased white sheeted ghost returns to his suburban home to try to reconnect with his bereft wife. Starring. Casey Affleck, Rooney Mara, that's about it. Yep. Um, 
directed by David Lowry, who you would know from. He recently did Pete's Dragon, hmm. uh, which I didn't see, and Ain't Them Body Saints, which I have not seen either. Who that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not seen either of those movies. Um, but I saw a ghost so, story. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay, so let's. Okay, so this is great. Because, you know, we get two Casey Affleck movies, mm-hmm. one with, like, a ton of plot, mm-hmm. and one with... A ton of s- snapshots, I guess? Not even snapshots, just long takes. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> let's hire Casey Affleck, uh, then cover him with a sheet, and give him no speaking roles. Like, literally cover him with a sheet. Literally cover you- him with a sheet, which I, I liked that. I thought that was kind of, like, endearing, just because it's like, oh, the you know, the... The classic, like, cartoon little kid costume. But I, you know what? I kind of feel like fuck everyone on this movie who said, yes, Casey Affleck. Why don't you give a work a day actor who could really use the work, um, is probably just as talented. Uh, give them the page. Like, he doesn't need to be in this fucking movie. I get it, I get it, but like, I don't think this movie gets made unless you get. That's you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know because like this is a movie where like people are like, okay, this might be that Oscar thing. Yeah, this might be it. Yeah, it this, might be. It might be. We might be able to capture the magic. No yes. noms. No noms. No noms. Yes. Uh, so yeah, zero from a lot of plot to no plot. Yeah. Uh, a ghost story. God. Um, there was points in this movie where I thought I might love it, and there was other parts that was like, no, yeah. I, this movie is just a total waste of my time. Because there was some inventive and, f- like, not even, not fun. There's mm-hmm. no fun in this movie. Not one bit of smile or anything. No. Um, there were some, I would but, say, endearing moments. There were some moments yes. that I thought were like, okay. And then there were other moments where it was honestly just, it was like a screensaver. Yeah, it was. Like, yes, I'm fair. just I'm just watching it because it's moving. Yes, and barely moving. Yeah, barely. Yes. Yes, um, and scratching. <laughs> um, like, what a different movie from Triple Nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could say subtle. But, like, that would make subtle very, like, that would undercut subtle. Yeah. Like, subtle um, is in your face compared to this. Yes. <laughs> subtle is, yes. Buster Rhymes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you, like, what, like, when you finished watching it, were you, like, good or bad? Or did you think about it? Or, um, I, th- I thought about it a little bit while, like, as it was wrapping up, but I think they were really going for like this, like, cosmic, like, you gotta rethink everything after watching this one here. And I was like, it was kind of one of those things where I was like, kind of, you know, hand on the chin, and uh, you know, the credits roll, and I'm like, hey, you know what? I don't care. Like it, yeah. it, it didn't stir the imagination. It didn't make me want to question things. Like 
the one thing where they were really going for that, like, what does it all mean moment with the fucking hipster in the overalls. I just wanted to be like, you know, what? yeah, that, that that's that, that, that is, actually was took me way out of it. Yeah, I hated that so much. And they dedicated so much time to that compared to every other little thing. Put Samuel L. Jackson in that role and actually let him chew the scene up because that guy chewed up the scene, but not effectively. Yeah, but like the, the script there is just so weak. Yeah. Oh, like, no, for sure. It's it's a total like it's it's shallow depth. It's that pretending to like, oh, you know, I sit around with my fucking denim overalls and I contemplate, man, like shut yeah. the fuck up. Get out. Yeah. Get out of Casey Affleck's house. Yeah, well, Henry Rollins should have done that. That would have been great. Um, so, okay, honestly, so, some someone should have done that, and it would have been more palatable. Yeah, that's what like if you could get someone like uh, Henry Rollins or Samuel L. Jackson, who are kind of different sides of maybe the same coin. Like they're, yeah. they're both very good uh, monologists. Um, yes. Someone who can do something interesting with that. He like, and and it still wouldn't be if it was going, like keeping everything that was in the script. It still wouldn't be interesting. But maybe we'd get an interesting delivery. What one thing I did really love about this movie mm-hmm. is that it didn't try to play on the heartstrings. Okay, so yeah. hear me out. Hear me out. It, it's okay. So everyone is in a relationship, whether it's fleeting or substantial or um, long lasting or, or, you know, uh, a, 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 a rocket into the sky, whether it's yeah. short. And, 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 and what I loved about this is that, okay, so this ghost comes back to haunt the house that he loved the person in it but it wasn't like a a love story that like that is a love that is untethered and un unending and it cannot be uh it cannot be tied down by uh even death you know it was right yeah it never went for that i i appreciate that that's a good and it, like i because like you know i think you and i both know that like love is it's ups and downs. It's like sometimes you talk a little bit. Other days you're all over each other or, you know what I mean? It's, oh, it's never, yeah. it's, it's never like a constant, like those stories, like, you know, I, um, um, I, I, I think of, um, that, what's that movie? Rob Williams movie with, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, um, uh, Cuba Jr. Yes, where they, where he goes to heaven, he gets killed in a car wreck. Uh, uh, what dreams may come. Yeah, what dreams may come, right? And like that, that, that love that is like unending. Like there's no, there's nothing that come can come between them and stuff. And like this, like showed real life relationship a little bit, and I and like not a, and that. I appreciate that a little bit about this movie, and, it, and we're really actually talking about this movie too much because it's yeah. it's not worth a watch. Like I would not recommend this to anybody. I don't think anybody Same. because hundred percent. 
but there are some good parts about this movie, though. Oh yeah, it that had, I that I appreciated. It had a handful of redeeming moments, but um, ultimately, it's just it's unnecessary. And I, I think you're right. I think that they. I think it's one of those things where they thought they might have something here. Like, we might tap into something here, and they just missed the mark. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, that doesn't excuse or justify its existence because they th- we think we might be able to win some awards. But I, I could see that conversation happening and saying, right. let's go for it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's on. It's on Amazon Prime. If you want to watch it, it's short. Um, yeah, hour thirty-two. Yeah, but definitely not getting a recommendation nod from either of us. So. New, 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 yeah. new, new, new. Um, but did you watch anything else? Hmm. Did I? No, I don't think so. Um, uh, I've been watching a lot of Portlandia. Oh, <laughs> just to oh, kind of fill go. in the gaps and like sometimes like we sit down and watch watch TV while we have dinner and just something 20 quick 20 minutes I'll throw that on. Yeah, I've been uh, well, I did watch a couple movies with my boy. Uh, Cars three came out on Netflix right now, um, oh, wow. which yeah. Uh, OK, movie to watch with the kid. It's 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 better than Cars two for sure. Yeah, was, uh, that was going to be my question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely better than that. Uh, it's worth a watch for the kid if you get a chance. I did get to see the B movie, um, which I totally forgot about after What's the trailers. The deal with the B movie? Yeah, uh, Jerry Seinfeld's a really good uh, voice actor. <laughs> like really good. Like I like never thought him to be like he was the worst actor in the world on Seinfeld. Like yeah, the worst. He, he was not in. But he was a he was a really good voice actor in this and a decent little movie and my son loved it so uh, watch that um, and I rewatched Logan oh. because uh, it is up for best adapted screenplay this year and it is apt for this week's topic and um, <laughs> best adapt they uh, the Academy did not read Old Man Logan. Well, yeah, no, probably not. That yeah, is probably the, not. That is the loosest of adaptation. <laughs> but it is. It's a great movie. Like, I, and you know what? I I think I, I gave it a seven. Whenever he first, I think you gave it a nine. I sure uh, did. Love and this I, movie. I definitely bumped it up to an eight because okay. I, I think I. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know. It's whether and it's not just because it was nominated. It's it. Um, uh, Hugh Jackman is great in it. He's great. He's great. Oh, and yes. um, the girl is really good in it too. She actually should have been up. Like I know, like they love to give like best supporting to like little girls, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Beasts of the Southern Wild or you know all, all those type of thing like she was deserving in this movie for best supporting actress oh definitely i i'm in agreement with you yeah it is funny that but but it's got to be the right type of movie oh for sure that's the thing is it's they'll you know they still they want to keep the genre movies at an arm's length it's getting to the point where 
the the um the genres grow the genre movies in general um you see it with get out you see it with logan um they're they're getting to the point where you can't ignore them but they're still gonna when they can they're gonna keep them at an arm's length i guess it's it's a shame because like this movie is like a good it's a good movie. Um, runs a little long, and but there's there's some stuff I still don't like love about it, but I still yeah. bumped it up to an eight. I this is a rewatchable movie for yeah. sure. I, admittedly, it, it has some third act problems, um, but I I, I just was a I nothing took me out of this movie. So cool. I'm yeah. glad I'm glad you rewatched it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Anything else? Anything? Um, what's the other one? Oh, okay. Well, it, this leads into what we're going to be watching next week. Perfect. Um, the, uh, streaming on Amazon, or I'm sorry, streaming on Netflix right now. There's two movie, two documentaries that are um, up for best doc in the Oscars, and um, I think the film vault. I was listening to the film vault like last week or two weeks ago, and they said there's. You know these movies. I was like, "Oh, check them out." Uh, one is Strong Island, and the other one is Last Men in Aleppo. Uh, I watched both. Uh, the one I'm assigning to you is Last Men in Aleppo. Aleppo is a t- uh, a city in Syria, mm-hmm. and it is a documentary about the um. Uh, the men who or the people who go and uh, well you know what I'm not even gonna uh, I just you just need to talk about it it next week yeah yeah I in uh, I don't even know how to uh, yeah yeah (laughs) all right I'm in Um, yeah Uh, so um, we can keep going what what else uh did you watch and then we'll get back to assignments? What's that? Did you watch no, anything uh, else or do you want to just... Uh, no, I, I was just... I was looking up uh, Black Panther as far as IMDb. Right now, we were just talking about those uh, genre movies. Mm-hmm. And right now, Rotten Tomatoes has Black Panther at 99%. Okay, good. I feel like... Um, I, I'm, I was a little scared for Black Panther because it, it's... Um, I was too, just, for sure. I'm not so so much scared. Like uh, It looks like a movie that I'm going to enjoy, and I wasn't worried about that, but I, f- I kind of felt like it was being set up for failure. Um, I had seen a couple articles kicking around where like, the movie's not out yet, and people were saying, like, this, this, could be, this might be the movie that changes the genre. It's like... Yeah, that's I that's saw unfair that to put that on it. Like, if you're saying you've seen this movie and you're saying this is a game changer, that's one thing. But if you're speculating about a movie before it even oh comes yeah, out, it's like shut. You're not doing anybody any favors. Yeah, but well, that and that's why I don't go to like IMDb for that rating because that rating, like they use people, a rating for comic right. book movies is so skewed. But ninety nine percent for Black Panther, and I know some people will say, oh, well, it's black characters, you know, why would why would a critic give it a bad rating in this climate and all that stuff? I kind of try to give people a little bit of credit, you know what I mean? Like, maybe that's a straw man in me saying, you know, 
I um I feel like it doesn't matter. It's a comic book movie. There's gonna I be know. the detractors who are gonna be ready, who are gonna be lined up and ready to knock it down, whether it's a all white yeah. cast or oh, black for sure. cast, all Hispanic cast. So Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm 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 just I'm really I'm really actually really shocked that this movie is is rating that high and uh it may be a reason to go see so yeah yeah well you know i'm one of those people where like it's you know talent trumps everything else and uh it's got an incredible cast of really talented people black white green yellow blue Mm -hmm. doesn't Mm -hmm. matter talent is talent um i know not everyone sees it that way so i'm not i'm not um I'm not crazy like that. Whereas, like, I don't get it, dude. Like, um, but yeah, talent is to me. Talent is talent. But I understand not everyone sees it that way. Um, kind of leads into something that I was kind of frustrated by, and uh, maybe maybe tread light. We can tread lightly on this. Um, but I was yeah. seeing. I saw a headline, and I didn't even read the article. So you know, shame on me, I guess, for even bringing it up. But I I saw like. Something it said Wonder Woman snub proves there's still so much work to be done in Hollywood. No, shut up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, shut up. That movie that movie brought in a ton of money, and that's and that's all that that's all that really matters. Yeah, Uh, like like, audiences want to see it. Um, No, it because like uh, what's her name? Um, What's that? Uh, Lady Bird is getting like praised beyond belief. So Mm -hmm. shut up. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, okay. Like, I, I I agree, and that's I was kind of I was just kind of frustrated by that. Like the whole thing surrounding Wonder Woman, it just really turned into something that that it didn't need to be. With, no, I with and gender I love politics and identity like, politics. I get I gave Wonder Woman a nine. I loved it, but I'm not going to sit too. here and say that it had a really tight script or that you know no, it, it didn't the first suffer 30 from minutes the, of that movie blue yeah it didn't suffer from the same third act problems every dc universe movie has had so far where there's lightning coming out of the sky and and yeah. the main character needs to fight this generic yeah yeah no it's this is one of those things where it's like it, I, I, and i love the second act like and i love her as a like she is the best character in the DC universe right now. Like mm-hmm. the best, like there's like, she has the most range and most like she is the iron man of that, of that universe. Yeah. Like the, the, she's the she one you want to grab onto. Charismatic. Yeah. Charismatic touchstone of that, that yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I just thought it was kind of a really ridiculous thing to, to say. And it's just, I don't know. It's a, a lot of people want it always, um, and it just doesn't work that way. The same. No. It's probably the same people who said that her um, skimpy outfit was uh, sexist. I was like, "Have you seen a comic book? Do you know what the men yeah. in comic books look like?" That's right. They're the bulging. Like I just is ridiculous. Like I cannot fill out a mm-hmm. speedo like those men. No. I sp- it's a little bit better. <laughs> Webs aren't the only thing Spider-Man's slinging. I'll tell you That's that right. much. No, it, it's it's really, it's one of those things where it's like maybe the um, that sort of like um, body 
stuff is not as deeply entrenched in men, but if you open up a comic book, the like men and women f- equally look absurd. So I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. That's, uh, that's our, our hot take for the evening. Um, so I've got two assignments for you upon yeah. your request. You're, you're yes, looking please. for uh, something to do while I'm out partying and, and parading. Thank you, sir. Can I have another? Yes. Uh, so um, both on Amazon Prime. Uh, the first one here is uh, a uh, listener and, uh, dare I say, friend of the show. Um, mm-hmm. I've already said it today, so there you go. Um, Battle for Sevastopol. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just pronouncing yes. that phonetically. Um, but this was a recommendation he, from our yeah, friend. Yeah, he Dad. spoke of it. He spoke of it the last time he was on, and I, I meant to watch it, and I made you make me watch it. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I'm forcing you. But uh, by yeah. force, I am forcing you to watch this movie. Um, and by then, proxy, yes. Another one: the uh, the Devil's Double is streaming mm-hmm. on Amazon Prime. So. Yes, that that thing always showed up. It was on Netflix for a long time, mm-hmm. um, and it's just that gold. Uh, yeah, all, <laughs> that gold, all gold uh, on a throne. Yeah, yes. yes. So I'm I'm anxious to see both. Um, yes. And I like I've been uh, I started training for another uh, uh, Ironman for this summer. And I since it's so bleeping cold up here, uh, I've been indoors on my bike and indoors on the treadmill. So I've been watching movies on while I've been running. And the fact that it's called an Ironman just proves there's so much work that still needs to be done. That's right. I still need to. I still need to build mm-hmm. a lot of uh, uh, robotics. and uh, Tony Stark built this in a cave. So, uh, but yeah, if, um, yeah, uh, if uh, I'm going to warn everybody right now, um, and uh, Last Minute in Aleppo is a heavy watch. So if you don't want to watch that, um, I got something for you. Or if you want to wait for us to talk about it, um, I've got uh, apropos for this for this episode. I've mm-hmm. got a, a, a movie based on a book called Requiem for a Dream, mm. and uh, very. Uh, it, this isn't faint faint of, for the faint of heart either. Yeah, if Last Man in Aleppo is too much for you, yes, uh, this is Take this a is not this. light either. So, uh, you know, we need to have a, like an all comedy better episode. than mother. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to watch oh, that movie. I'm sorry. Mother. Yes. An affront to movie making. Um, well, if like, I, I'd like you, I'd like that you found some redeeming qualities in, um, uh, in, uh, a ghost story. Yeah. Even though they weren't they're few and far between, but that you hate well, <laughs> mother so much. Yeah, because the the difference between the two is mother feels so, um, so self serving and so esoteric. Like it is only serving Darren Aronofsky. Yeah, like yeah. a ghost story. It's probably only serving the cast and crew, but it 
at least it's a, at least it's not just the um, you know uh, masturbatory plaything of someone who is given too much rain because they've made a couple good movies. Mm. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. But but when it, when the reason why he got to do that is because of Requiem for a Dream because yeah. it is a well well done movie. Like it's probably on my top not probably not top 50, but probably top 100 I'd say. Yeah, it's movies. a really good movie. It's yeah. um it's Eff- effective for sure. Yeah, I describe it as as a good movie that I never need to see again. Yeah. Um that's uh, there's a handful of those. Um, there's like, like there's some movies that are are tough to digest, but you really want to revisit. Like I love The Hunt. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like I'm due to to I, I got to rent that. That's still soon. at the same time a rough, but it's rough so, watch. On it's such an unsettling movie. Yes, but effective. Like, yeah, just so just like every at every turn you're invested so much like there's no at no moment are you are you wishing you weren't watching this movie because you have to yeah and i mean requiem for a dream is fantastic too but it's just i it doesn't have that it's super effective and it's hard to look away from but it is and you're fully invested uh at least i was but it's just like oh i don't need to go through that again <laughs> mm. All right, so what you got for the listeners? Okay, um, I didn't really get to do a lot of uh, searching um, because my internet went down, but um, keeping in with the theme, this is adapted from a Neil Gaiman book, a movie that I spoke very highly of, um, gave a strong recommendation to it uh, on Netflix, Coraline. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I knew it was on there, and I... Couldn't think of anything else uh, off the top, so I'm I'm going with Coraline, and I'm happy with that choice because I think it's a fantastic movie. Is that something my my son would like? I think I did. I ask you this before. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. There's there's a couple of uh, f- there's some frightening moments. Uh, the, the third act is gets a little uh, scary, but um, it's, an, it's an interesting movie. Cool. Yeah. Um, and it's on Netflix. So uh, next week, got a whole bunch of stuff we're talking about. We're going to be talking about the uh, battle for Sevastopol, the Devil's Double, both of which are on Amazon Prime, and the Last Men in Aleppo, which is on Netflix. If you don't feel like watching those, want to wait for us to talk about them. Coraline's on Netflix, and remind me, Requiem is that on Amazon? Uh, yes. Requiem for a Dream is on Amazon Prime. Yeah, burst. Well, before we get into it, let's go pee. All right. P-B-R-B-E. All right. Bye. All right. Uh, One quick thing. If you guys get a chance to watch, uh, go on IMDb and watch the the new trailer for The First Purge. Oh. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) It's uh, it's pretty great. So, yeah, check have that you, out. Have you seen any of the Purge movies? I actually have. I watched. Uh, uh, actually, on the way back from Chicago. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I, I had downloaded um, uh, 
well, maybe it's just the first purge, I think. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, like I love the idea that it is a good idea. Um, I, the execution is eh, but it's still a decent movie, and there's a reason why they keep making more of them. So, yeah. I, I have not seen them, but there was a couple times because, uh, uh, courtesy of Fredo, thank you. Uh, there's a couple times where I've been scrolling through them, like today might be the day. Mm-hmm. I think he has three, yeah. three of them that are currently out. Yeah. Uh, I'm always yeah, curious because it is a good concept. The concept is good. And even if the execution is not good, I'm kind of curious. Well, it's kind of like Saul, right? Right. It's like it's a great, great idea. And like for the first one, it, you know, whether, I mean, I didn't love it. It was good. You know, like people, like, will fall head over heels for it but there's a reason they made eight of them i guess so money 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yes oh uh before we go on to our, our list uh master zed did uh let us know about dry hopping oh that's right um <clears throat> let me find it get so many texts throughout the week but um he says that uh for beer knowledge dry hopping is where you put hops into the beer during the fermentation stage whereas typically they are or they will be boiled extracting the acids from the hops so dry hopping gives a very pure fresh hop flavor without adding any uh more acid aka bitterness to the beer so as we were asking last week, he he let us know. If you don't know, now you know. Mm-hmm. Play uh, <clears throat> sure that's how that went. <clears throat> nice, yeah, I appreciate that, especially um, since I'll, I hear a lot about dry hopping. It uh, piques my interest, but <laughs> never actually did the legwork. So thank yes. you, Master Zed. For, mm-hmm. for many things, um, and just most recently, the dry hopping info. Yes. Many, 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 many things. Oh, all right. So, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. let's get into this. Um, we have the potential for a lot of, like, uh, same guesses, crossover type things. Yeah. I, I tried. I think I actively... I think three of mine, I, I think I'm in the clear. And then the other two, I'm just kind of like, oh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, there well, was, you knew my one. Yeah, there's a purposeful omission on my part yes. on that one. Yes. So. Uh, but I, what I did was I, I um, uh, these are, so we're, we're, we're talking about uh, books adapted or uh, movies adapted from, from books. Yes. And, um, and I purposely, uh, made sure that I've read these books or oh, listened yeah. to these books. Yeah, so that's sh- that was my criteria was they have to have been books that I've read and movies that I thought were superior to the book. Yes, yes, for sure. Yeah, uh, which could be another uh, uh, thing where we do adaptations that were less than. Yeah, which would be uh, fun. Yeah, absolutely. The the old. Uh, cliche is that the book is always better than the movie but 
I, nope. I don't think that that's a rule. I think Absolutely that that's a, not. I think that that's a theory, not a law. Yes. So. Many, many, many times it happens, but uh, even last week we talked about it a little bit uh, mm-hmm. with it. You yeah. know, where um, I, not that the book was great, um, because, but I, it did actually detracted from the movie for me a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. So, but anyways, um, yeah, well, uh, since you know what my number one's going to be, uh, should I, you know what, I'll just go first. And, yeah. yeah, fire yeah, it yeah, off. We'll do that that way. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, um, well, we are both big James Bond fans, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, and that's something we really haven't, like, explored too much on this podcast. That was the exact same word I was going to use. And um, I think we maybe we should explore it, but uh, uh, maybe uh, we'll start right now because in 2006, uh, the whole Bond franchise rebranded and actually made it a better franchise. And uh, they came out with uh, Daniel Craig as their their James Bond, the blonde mm-hmm. hair, blue eyed uh, Bond. In Casino Royale from 2006. And it was based on the uh, Ian Fleming book from 1953. Uh, I think it's the first uh, James Bond book. And I've, I've actually read that book, which is... Uh, uh, <laughs> if you read <laughs> uh, spy novels and stuff from back in that era... Um, it's a little racy. It's, uh, they take some liberties and, uh, but it, it's weird to, I, I obviously, I, I watched the movie before I read the book and, um, there, it, it actually stays pretty true to the book, which is, uh, interesting, but it is also a lot better, um. I really love Casino Royale and I love Daniel Craig and I love mm-hmm. this whole, um, the way they, they've, uh, they turned the Braun franchise on its head and let's, let's make it real for, you know, the time, yeah. you know, we, it, it, it actually, it actually, um, the, the Bond franchise is a good, um, measuring stick or litmus test or some other analogy that I could can't think of right now. It's kind of, of the, the stasis for each era of filmmaking. Yeah, it right. It's 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 what the movies are of that time. Yeah. Definitely. And um and you know, whether it's the Timothy Dalton late eighties, early nineties, or the Pierce Brosnan cheesy late nineties, or the the early eighties uh Roger Moore stuff, it, it it feels like the movies of that time. And uh Casino Royale actually is like a really good movie. And like I know you're not a big Skyfall fan, but like that movie is one of my favorite like probably in my top twenty movies of all time. I love that movie so much. Um, wow. Yeah, it's it uh, for me. It's just it's visually like we. It's not as visually stunning as like Blade Runner, but um, it. I think it is. Uh, uh, what is it? Sam Mendel Mendel Mendelson. Yeah, uh, Mendez. Sam Mendez. Oh, okay. um, um, like I think he is a fantastic director, and he pulled it off in that movie. And uh, but uh, Casino Royale started off, and Ian Fleming 
had the idea for it. But uh, yeah, uh, in in 2006, you know, um, 53 years later, he was able to uh, uh, pull it off a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, yeah, I think it it absolutely is the um, it's it's indicative uh, the um, bonds through the air are indicative of that the style of prevalent style of filmmaking um mm-hmm. and uh it did it is that post 9-11 you know uh batman begins you know yes. nolan dark knight this just an ushering in of a grittier more grounded um, yes superhero and i mean james bond is for all intents and purposes without the title a superhero mm-hmm so. Yeah, I think I've heard you. Well, yeah, well, you said a couple weeks ago on uh, Mavs, like falling off a train and mm-hmm. you know, and not dying. Yeah, superhero. So don't hold that against them. <laughs> uh, it doesn't. It doesn't mean I have to enjoy it. Um, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so to uh, shift gears and head back to the 1980s, uh, Clive Barker. Broke out on the scene with a movie in 1987 called Hellraiser. And it was based on his novella that he wrote a year prior called The Hellbound Heart. And um, the novella is much more... Um, it, uh, it, it delves much more into the sexual nature of the characters. There's, there's a weirder character dynamic... Um, it's short. It's to the point. Um, I think Clive Barker is a really good writer, um, but the stories of his that I've enjoyed are these, you know, six hundred page epics that he's written. Um, yeah, more than that. I'm thinking like the Great and Secret Show and stuff like that. Like this, he, um, the the Hellbound Heart is not his best work as a writer. Um, but the movie version, um, very much dated by today's standards. I, um, I, I'm just so taken with this movie, though. I, it's yeah. so I love the character design. I love the pacing of the movie. I love, you know, even some of the the off the wall things with the, the hobo who ends up taking the um, Lamarchin's box at the end and. It's, just just some of these weird things that happen um they uh it's almost like he wrote the novella and then he decided um to take this foundation that he wrote and he's like what if it went in a different direction and i think the movie direction is a lot better and um did was he involved in it he directed it yeah oh okay i'm sorry yeah, so um, I think that was the only one that he was involved in. Okay. Um, and there somehow, by some, I, I don't know if it's a, a gift or a curse, uh, I stopped watching him. Um, yeah. But they're still making Hellraiser. They, they have another one coming out this year. Um, they're direct oh. to DVD at this point. Yeah. Um, but... Well, that, uh, going back to uh, the Blade Runner mm-hmm. thing, uh, I was happy to see that Ridley Scott was like one of the executive producers and stuff on that. Yeah, which 
you know, that he was still involved in that. So yeah, yeah, keep him involved, but let's let Dennis Villeneuve do the next Alien movie too. That'd be that. lifting. I yeah. yeah, I'd rather I'd actually like I I could go for another Blade Runner actually. Let's keep him yeah. on that and let's get Neil Blomkamp in for the next Alien. Yeah. Let's That's, do that. Yeah. Let's All right. Problem solved. Onward. <laughs> uh yeah, Hellraiser. Uh The the book's good. It's short. Doesn't take up a lot of your time. It's a lot more sexual, a lot less horror. It's um I love the movie. I, the movie is just one of those that has stood the test of time for me. It's like I saw it when I was younger, um, and it might be part of it is definitely rose-colored glasses for sure, but I've found new things that I like in it um, as as I've kind of grown up watching it. So um, good good book. I also read the, the – um, I read it after I had seen the movie, so – yeah sometimes oh and uh, yeah. um and recently i've been like because we've been seeing a lot of these big blockbusters recently be coming out with you know on based on books that have you know blown up in the in the in the zeitgeist you know yeah. be it so, uh, uh gone girl or whatever you know or uh girl with a dragon tattoo right or you know these these movies that are kind of um you know, they hit the zeitgeist, which, you know, a movie or a book like you were talking about, uh, uh, the, the, uh, 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 um, you know, Clyde Barker yeah. isn't really going to blow up the, but, you know, you're, you're, we're seeing more of it now, you know, and then you're like, oh, well, I should read the book first and then yeah. we'll see what happens with the movie and right. stuff. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've noticed myself actually reading a lot more and, um, based on what's coming out and like, Oh, well, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. So, um, what got me, the reason I suggested this topic actually is, uh, the next Spielberg movie, ready player one. Oh yeah. It was a book that I, I actually read the book when, um, Spielberg, uh, optioned it for, right. So I read it a few years ago before it was even in production. Just, I'm like, if Spielberg's interested, I want to read it. And um, so now that's kind of coming into fruition. I'm really, really hopeful for that movie, but yeah. we'll see. Um, but that was kind of when I, when I was texting you, I was like, you know, that, that could be an interesting list. So No, I like it. I like it a lot. And I like it a lot because this next, my next, my number four, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I got a tie. All right. All right. And it's a Stephen... King tie. Okay, I like that. All right, all right. Uh, Dark Tower. Yeah, no, yeah. Woof, woof, <laughs> woof. I the Dark Tower books are really good. Uh, hard to read, and yeah, hard to get your head around sometimes, but they're good. But the movie. Ugh. Anyways, uh, movies that are better than the books for me. Uh, we got nineteen. 19- 80, we have The Shining come out based yeah, on the 1977 yeah. Shining book. And in 1986, we get Stand By Me based on the 1982 short story, The Body. And um, so uh, The Shining in 1980, I, we both love The Shining. 
yes. a ton. I mean, we've talked about it about a million times on this podcast. <clears throat> and the book is actually pretty good. It's it. Um, I, I don't know. Like, if I had read the book first, um, I don't know if I would have liked that more than I would like the movie. I I know that I would love, love the movie regardless, but I I don't know that I would hold the book in lesser regard. Um, it's long. I mean, it is long. Um, and I, um, some of the acts aspects of it, like, I, I know that Stephen King hates the adaptation, uh, the way, uh, Stanley Kubrick, uh, portrayed his book. And, you know, of course we, we reviewed, uh, room 237 on this, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and how much that a lot of the like uh, Kubrick went for a more cold and more sparse and kind of a, a lesser, uh, uh, a warm and love feeling, where uh, King went for more of a the like it was more heated and like I, I've heard some interviews with him and all that stuff. So eh, whatever uh, um, the book. The book falls pretty much the same. It's it's pretty much the same book. It's just they get into more of the uh, the shining itself, and they get more in, into Jack Jack's uh, neuroses and all the things that he he's dealing with. A little bit more of a uh, psycho, uh, uh, more of a a possessed, I guess, uh, uh, feeling where this is. Where the where the movie was more of a, a psychosis, I guess. Yeah, a, break, um, a breakdown of yes, of a man's where it was spirit. more of the man was possessed by the house, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and uh, so we've we've talked about enough about it, but a movie we haven't, I don't think we've ever mentioned in this in the podcast, and, it, and it's a shame. Uh, the movie Stand by Me from 1986. Yeah, I think we only mentioned it in reference maybe to last it week last right? week yeah 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 just kind of as a as a reference point but yeah we don't yeah. talk about it a lot Great and movie. uh the the short story of the body is just a short story and um uh in uh, uh directed by rob reiner in 1986 um uh, we get a, a great just coming of age story you know of course there's no girls in it or anything like that. it's just a man thing so and you know that's what we do here men things oh, yeah. you know um but just a uh, great, like, this is a movie, like, it's kind of creepy, but I know I could show this to my boy here within the next year or so, and it wouldn't freak him out too much. Yeah, it's going to be that time. Right. It's just such a great flick. I mean, you know, and most of these actors, I mean, we get um, a young Joaquin Phoenix, we get, or not Joaquin, uh, a River, River Phoenix, and um, a Will Wheaton, who, you know, whatever he went to infinity and beyond or whatever after that and uh a jerry o'connell right yes uh yeah uh, the chubby kid yeah uh the uh the spiritual successor to chunk um uh but yeah just chunk a, love sloth yes uh a great and cory feldman of course yes yeah well, there you go goonies reference again and uh just fantastic uh, coming of age story, like a Absolutely. movie that, um, you know, we talked about movies we should watch before you're what, 10? Or... Yeah, I think we did 
under 10. I think next, yes. next we've got 15. 15 in the yeah. Is our next. Yeah, we should. Yeah, that's probably the next one. But like this probably could fall in that like that nether region, like between like yeah. 11 and 9 or something like that. Eight, where 8 to 16. Yeah. 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 And, and a movie I've watched probably, you know, a dozen, 15 times at least. Yeah. And whenever it's on, it's it's worth a watch and uh, just masterfully done. So that's my uh, tie for four. Nice. I like it a lot. Good choices. Um, <clears throat> I have not read either of those, but I've enjoyed both those movies greatly. Um, <clears throat> my number four uh, was a book by Robert Block in 1959. To which uh, Mr. Alfred Hitchcock stepped in, mm-hmm. and in 1960, mm-hmm. he made the movie Psycho. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book is good. I, uh, um, at this point, it's pretty common knowledge that um, Robert Block adapted the story of Ed Gain, the, the butcher of Plainfields, Wisconsin? I don't know. Um, and uh, he... he ad- kind of took that and morphed that into the story of the Bates Motel. And um, the book describes a very different kind of inherently creepy Norman Bates. Like he's this stocky, you know, like kind of short, heavy set, almost like Costanza right. um, type of build, uh, but just kind of a much more un... Socially awkward. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, Anthony Perkins' version was socially no 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 he he was was handsome yeah he was handsome but but he was like if you think about in the um in the motel when he's talking about eating like a bird and and it's actually a a fallacy the birds actually eat quite quite a bit um perkins and even to to um a lesser extent but definitely to his credit um uh vince vaughn um these those versions are are just so much better because they they um there's a lack of norman is not really portrayed as threatening which i think gives the um the final scenes more gravity and and anthony perkins was just able to bring like such an incredible amount of subtlety to the role um and the movie itself just it creates just an entire world like the the iconography, like, the, well, I mean, it's it it is iconic, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. visually, sonically, like it's a it's a touchstone um, movie, and it's 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 stood the test of time at this point. Mm-hmm. All you know, nineteen sixty. Well, it, it's I it's I don't think it's going anywhere. The only thing is, um, you know, you have those weird people who refuse to watch things in black and white, but. Um, mm-hmm. Just it's a it's a good book, but I call them racist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't even see color, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's New Year, new me. Um, yeah. Psycho is, as a book, it's a good. book. I don't even see. That's funny because like if you don't even see color, then you just see black and white, and then you're racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's ironic. Then is very stark contrast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> uh, any anyone who says that deserves to be made fun of. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's 
the um, the book is good, but uh, Alfred Hitchcock, you know, being dubbed the master of suspense, like they they didn't just hand that title out there. Um, he he was able to bring this. He was able to take some the good ideas that Robert Block had, and from there, just create this incredible movie. I mean, you think about the the mirror images of like Sam and because uh, Norman and Sam look similar. The, uh, the sisters look like yeah. sisters. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, he was really able to take this source material and make um, something that, you know, a lot of times, you know, in your mind's eye, when you read something, you can, you can make a lot from that. Um, but he was able to one up the imagination. And it also is to um, his uh, using the, the human imagination with the, the cutaways and the um, your mind filling in the blanks being much scarier than anything that he could show. Oh, for sure. Film. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it basically taking like one of the great um, strengths that books have as an art form is, is using the, the reader's imagination and putting that on celluloid. So yeah, um, good book. Uh, great movie. Timeless movie. So That's my number four. Psycho. Cool. Uh, my number three is, uh, <clears throat> so I've read this, I've read four, four books from this guy. All right. And this guy is an odd writer, like, and writes in, <clears throat> um, well, he's, he, I, I really think he was ahead of his time because he started like the book that he, that uh, this movie is based on is was written in 1996 and it was right at that point where everything we go from you know you know the hip or the yuppie era into you know uh the grunge era and do all this stuff and all of a sudden 1996 like where are we generation x blah 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 uh and chuck Ponarchik, Ponarchik, Ponarchik. chucky yes i don't know how to say his last name either yeah uh and he wrote the book Fight Club, mm-hmm. right? And he, I've read the book Choke and Invisible Monsters and Survivor, all mo- all books that are just really distorted <laughs> looks at the way people are, um, and actually looking at the human psyche in a totally different light, um, and in in a um, uh, not a narcissistic view, but like a, a pessimistic view or a, um, almost a, uh, uh, damn it. I had the word on top of my tongue. Um, a, not a sadistic, but more of a, a nihilistic point of view. And, um, and he wrote uh, fight club in 1996 and which is a really good book. And in 1999, Dave Fincher comes out with fight club with, um, uh, Edward, Ed Norton and uh, Brad Pitt, and he actually like this book. It, it follows the book pretty much religiously, but it enhances the book so much. Like the book is really good. It's 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 if you're willing to um, lend yourself to the writer's will, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
and let him let him take you down this road and or him or her and 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 let them tell their story. I'm good with that. Uh, as long as they're doing it in a, in a, in a, uh, in a way that in an artful way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the movie fight club, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I mean, it's so good. I mean, it's just like it, it takes all those, and you know that was a little bit. That was a nihilistic time. It really was. It was like, you know, where are we at? What are we doing? We, you know, we haven't had. You know, we, we are a country of like we had one war. There was a show just, about nothing on TV. Yes, it was. It's it's a um, and like where where are we? Where why? how are we you know what does it be mean to be a man that kind of thing and like the movie just depicted this book so well um and actually enhanced it even better because it like i don't think you can find a better crafted movie than fight club like it was it, it it did exactly what it was supposed to do there's no wasted moments in this movie it did exact and you know it had the twists and had the good turns and you, yeah. you can watch the, You can have this movie. Watch this movie again right now, and still be surprised by the turn. I think, like you could try to pick up on the turns, but it was so well acted, and I think, like I don't, I it never, like I, I don't think you can watch Usual Suspects without being like, well, oh, he's Kaiser Sose. He's yeah. Kaiser Sose. Yeah, he's there's, Kaiser Sose. there's certain movies that they, uh, they're dependent. Uh, everything is hinged on the turn, right? And um, once once you know it, like maybe it's fun to go back and like, oh, here here were the details. But it's not at a certain point. Movies that are reliant on a turn um, are diminishing returns. Yeah, but this is. I mean, it has the, the this turn. N- it has the twist, but but it it also, never suffers. From, yeah, it will never suffer from it. Yeah, it's and also this has one of the great opening. Uh, credits of any movie. Yeah, Fincher the, always does really good opening credits. Yes, he's the best at it, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, Girl with Dragon Tattoo is pretty sweet, too. Yeah, with the, like, oil. But, yeah. yeah that's, and that's Immigrant cool. Song playing over top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Atticus Finch and uh, Trent well, Reznor. Yeah. Oh, you can't go wrong with that. No, you cannot. So, yeah, Fight Club. Yeah, opening credits. That's I'm gonna write that down because that could. Yeah, be, we need be... to get into that. All right. Yeah. Um, Fincher's Fight Club opening credits. Sorry, Fincher's Fight Club is fantastic. Um, I never read any Chuck Palahniuk, so. Uh, yeah, I I recommend it. Okay. I really would. It's it's a it's a bleak look on humanity, but it is. I like that. Like I kind of <laughs> like it. Yeah, I, I, I like that. All right. Um, probably not as bleak as Chuck Palahniuk, but um, Nick Hornsby is an English writer. Does a lot of uh, music-related stuff, but kind of, kind of a downer. Um, he wrote a book in 1995 called High Fidelity, and five years later, Stephen Frears, who's also English, uh, came along and uh, made a movie out of that book. Um, so the book. Um, 
It uh, book takes place in London. Movie takes place in Chicago. Already, <laughs> pretty much the basis for our top five. Already better. What Chicago? <laughs> no, no, no. The basis for our top fives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um. <laughs> so. Uh. Yeah. So. Um. I. This is another one where I I read the book after. It's a good book. Um. But the movie doesn't really leave anything to be desired. Like it, it just it does such a good job of creating the character of Rob Gordon and getting into his psyche and really understanding him and exploring him as a character over the runtime of the movie. And uh, John Cusack doing such a great job as the kind of you know downer hipster dude um it it just uh it it's almost like it didn't really leave room for improvement um and like we talked about earlier like books you really can expand on on um you can really take advantage of the readers the mind's eye and 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 all that um but i just felt like the movie was just so good um and especially like growing up where I grew up, like this is a movie that it consistently appears on like most authentic Chicago films list. Oh, well, not in that. It's just authentic, like, like how it's, it's a dude centric movie, but yes, it's how it dudes, it's how guys talk. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's, it's an literally authentic how movie. we talk. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, and it is. It, it has that that false bravado and everything of like you know I'm I'm you know men can't be up, upset about their girlfriend leaving them and then it goes on to finally break down <laughs> and and she cracks the top five worst breakups of all time. It it just it does. Yeah, it's a really authentic movie. And even when um, when uh, Rob's being vulnerable. You have like Jack Black is like he's like never mind that his friend's going through a tough time. He just he needs it. Kind of what hanging out with Jack Black when he was younger was probably like. He needs the attention square on him. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just it is. It's a really authentic movie, and um, it's it's another. It's a great example of of Chicago as a character. Um, probably the best example of that until uh, I feel like Dark Knight, even though um, Chicago is could this stand in for Gotham. Like I, I feel like it just, it, they just are able to capture the city. And, and I love Ferris Bueller's day off, but it, that is like the, the um, tourism board of Chicago's wet dream. Right. Whereas right. this is just, this is, this is what the city looks like on a day-to-day basis. Right. So, and, and, uh, you know, Frere's, like I said, he's, he's English and uh, he still adapted the movie to uh, went ahead and, and uh, set the movie in Chicago. So what does, what does that tell you? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm um, definitely <coughs> a strong bias for that, but I just think that the movie left, almost no room for improvement it's just such a great movie i i uh i don't know uh reach out to us i'm curious how many people have have seen this movie i don't think it's like 
as underground gem, but I I do think that it's not um, not as widely viewed as maybe it should be. No, and, and like my favorite part is Jack Black. He's the best. Oh, he's amazing in this, and this was before he was Jack Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's good stuff. High fidelity. Cool. Good pick. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't even know that was an adaptation. So. So, um, when I say Alan Moore, what mm-hmm. do you think of? Uh, the Watchmen. Mm-hmm. But what else do you think of? Um, well, I think I know the one you're going for. No, actually, um, I got a tie. A, a V for Vendetta and The Watchmen? Yes. <laughs> uh, I, Alan Moore's name, uh, he actually does not have his books adapted. Uh, his, mm, yeah. his artist is... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good choices. No. I like so, uh, yeah, uh Alan Moore is a... Uh, as far as a comic writer, he's probably... Um, uh, I wouldn't... I hate to say like a visionary, but more of a... Like he's willing to go off script and make things that are culturally and politically relevant or not relevant, but like aware. Yeah, I would say he's a tastemaker in that regard. He's a little bit like like Stanley claims to be the you know social justice not warrior, but like the you know he's. He's he was like at the vanguard of of uh, this uh, uh, the um, uh, you know at the vanguard of of um, equality Inclusion. in comics yeah. yes in comics and stuff but at a at a standoffish thing like where. You know, Alan Moore is more willing to take that leap into the into the abyss and make uh, social commentary uh, critics be damned, I yeah. guess. And um, and has made some great stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, I know we've both read we've both read The Watchmen, right? Yes. And I'm and I need to send you the Before Watchmen stuff, but um, I don't know if you've read V for Vendetta. No. Uh, but it is the same kind of thing. It's like, uh, it's like kind of the big brother thing. It's the, you know, who, yeah, the police state. Yes, 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 yes. And, um, you know, both, uh, stuff that is mm, kind of relevant now, you know, Still, uh, yeah. between the Watchmen and, and V for Vendetta. Um, but also he is a blowhard and, um, oh, self, yeah. uh, self-absorbed asshole at times because he says none of my comics can be ever made into movies because they are too, you know, diverse or whatever. But, uh, Zack Snyder in 2009, um, crushed it with the Watchmen. Like he, he actually did it. He, he made a better version of what Alan Moore set out to do. Now it's his story, Alan Moore's story, but he was able to bring it to the screen and make it great. And that we've gone on at length and we've talked about Watchmen here a couple weeks ago, but one movie we haven't really ever, I don't think ever really talked about is V for Vendetta. Um, and this is on my top 25 movies of all time. I'd say, uh, V for Vendetta. Um, I was actually watching it while we were waiting to get hooked up tonight. Um, nice. Uh, you get uh, the Wachowski 
at that time brothers. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, after, you know, this is 2005. So it's post, I don't even know if it's post the last matrix. It's probably post the last matrix, right? Matrix three, yeah. probably. Cause the first matrix 99. Yes. Probably, somewhere around there. Yeah. But, I um, think they shot those, the last two back to back. They probably didn't yeah. wait too long. No. Um, but Hugo Weaving and Natalie Portman and uh, V for Vendetta. If you want, if you read the source material for V for Vendetta, mm-hmm. it is dated. It is on like it is not easy to read. It is very, very dated. If you watch, uh, and I just did the V for Vendetta movie, it is like contemporary. It feels real. It's like, oh, this is like, um, and well, fuck. I mean. If you go on, or if you look at the anonymous, um, um, yeah, yeah the, the face. I mean, that's V for Vendetta. Yeah, it's 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 the Guy Fox math. Um, and like, this is a great movie. It's got layers. It's got. Um, I, it is such a fantastic movie, and both these movies like are such great adaptations and better actually than the source material because the source material especially with comics because of the art because of some of the stuff that like the commentary you know you have reagan talking you know, like a talking head or you know you i would say even like um the dark knight returns um you know some of the uh weird you know uh face shields and stuff you see like yeah. uh you know uh the uh, mad max yes the yeah. mutant type things um like yes they're they're visionaries but when you want, read it on the page it feels very dated but watching these two movies just good good stuff and um i would highly recommend these two movies v for vendetta is streaming on uh netflix right now and if you haven't seen it and you have uh, I'm not even going to judge. Um, well, no, fuck. Yeah, I'm going to judge. Yeah. Uh, if you have a social conscience and you want to, you, you're worried about what the, you know, I have a skeptical mind about our government at all times, whether it's whoever's in charge, whether it's, um, you know, orange hairdo or, or black Jesus, I, whatever. Like I have a, Me um, too skeptical mind so watch v for vendetta and 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 feed that skepticism and and don't trust anybody anarchy in the uk it's a great flick i love that movie i really do oh it's fantastic i'm i'm in agreement with you and we did just talk about the watchman but yeah to reiterate that's those two movies thoroughly enjoyed all right uh was this my number two I couldn't possibly make a list uh, of book adaptations without this. Um, in uh, oh, 1990, I know. <laughs> Michael Crichton wrote a book about dinosaurs playing God. Kind of a modern-day uh, Frankenstein type of situation. Um, a little movie or a little book called Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And in uh, 93, Steven Spielberg took us all to Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And uh, the book is a great, it's a great science fiction story, but it really does focus, it's much more science fiction heavy 
Whereas the movie, it maintains those elements, but it really shifts the focus to the adventure. And um, the adventure is what, you know, takes my breath away. The, the movie magic, you know, the dinosaurs seem like they're what you picture now. Like they are the standard for this is what dinosaurs look like. And until science can prove us wrong, <laughs> they look like the uh, Industrial Light and Magic team's dinosaurs from Steven Spielberg's 93 Jurassic Park. Um, right. I used to read, well, he's uh, not with us anymore, but I used to read a lot of Michael Crichton, and I really enjoy his stuff. Um, I'm still about halfway through the Andromeda strain. Yeah. Which is slow as fuck. Yeah, and that's a that's a problem. Is there's there's certain there's definitely dull spots, and there's um, because he is so science focused, it can be a little like it can become information dense at the risk of at at the cost of pacing, I guess. And mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, the movie I think is perfectly paced. Doesn't have that issue at all and uh as much as i like the book i've i've it's one of the few books i've reread more than twice um and i i love it but it, just the movie it's um no it's you know, a masterpiece I, yeah it is and i i i can't overstate it enough but for for the sake of of listeners since i have said it a lot for for the sake of brevity, I I love Jurassic Park and it's it's a great book, but it's one of my all time favorite movies. So. Yeah, I mean it's a masterpiece movie. Yeah, it is. Oh, Stephen. Now, well, we're gonna keep going on that Stephen train I know right it. now. Yes. And uh, nineteen, and this is this is a quick turnaround. This is. A, uh, this isn't a new trend, I suppose, because, yeah, in 1974, Peter Benchley, he put out a movie called Jaws, or put out a book called Jaws. Mm-hmm. And the book itself is a, eh, you know, it's 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 more, eh, you get a lot of, uh, ah, there's a lot more romance and, like, intrigue with the between you know conflict between the characters as far as like love interest and stuff like um i mean it 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 it, uh it 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 lend or it uh leans on you know on on uh uh women not being able to control themselves where the the movie in 1975 jaws it's well you know, I you know how much I love uh, uh, Mrs. Brody. Mm. Oh, Ellen. And I, I do, and she's a very strong character in that movie. But like, she is not there for any like all the female characters in that in that movie. Like, they're they're not there for like uh, plot pieces. They really aren't. And right. in the book, they are. And um, and in the movie, like, God damn, I love this movie so much, Jaws. It's it's like I know I'm old. I'm 41 years old now, yeah. and this movie is a year older than I am. And I, I, 
Like there's, there's no reason that this movie, like I should love this movie so much. Like, cause I, I find fault with old movies all the time. Like I'm like, Oh, that seems dated. This seems dated. Yeah, but this, but this, when, when something's able to like capture your imagination so completely and able to like take you on a journey and able to put you on that boat where you, you feel like you have an intimate understanding who each of the three characters are. And they're so real they matter to you. They yes. are important to you like that. Like that defies that's, those are the type of things that I was talking about uh, with cycle. Those are the type of things that stand the test of time. Yeah. Characters. Uh, it's, it's so good. It is. It's just, I I will like I will actually probably after we get done recording sit down and watch a little bit of Jaws yeah just because I it, I'm jonesing for it and 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 I love it so much that my son got to watch it I got to watch Jaws with my son it's just it's it's fantastic and um like I know I mean you've everyone listening to this every all four of you have probably been like oh, I've seen it a hundred times mm-hmm. go watch it again yeah it, you could do a lot worse no like you can't do much better how about that yeah yeah so there you go I love it I, I uh, actually have never yeah, read the, the book the Benchley book like it's just it's in and of its time it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a just a soap opery type of uh yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Hooper is this big strapping, like Nordic, uh, stud and he, you know, he, uh, sounds like you I just don't... described Richard Dreyfus. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, who, who, sli- <clears throat> who sleeps with Ellen Brody and they have this whole conflict there and eh, it's, mm. Mm. Yeah. and he gets eaten. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Oh no. Yeah, I don't know. I I just never um I had heard that I th- I think my understanding of it was it was like I think it was optioned for a movie before the book was finished. So it was kind of like a movie tie-in in reverse. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, so it was it was almost like a uh, piece of um advertisement. Yeah. So, interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, in the same vein of, uh, um, you know, movies filled with great characters, um, in 1969, Mario Puzo wrote a mm. excellent crime novel, organized mm. crime novel, that uh, mm-hmm. was, well, excellent is probably a strong word, but... Um, it was made excellent in 1972 when Francis Ford Coppola uh, made a deal with Paramount so that he could make the conversation he would shoot the Godfather for them. And uh, like I said, it's, it's a good book. Um, it covers the saga of both films, uh, of, or of the first two Godfather films. Um, and... The thing, when I was thinking of ways to compare the two, to compare and contrast the two, um, the book, it's straightforward. Like, it's only a difficult read because it's a lot of pages. 
Um, but you know, the language is not super dense. It's just, it's a straightforward book, but the movie just moves like poetry. Like it's, it's visual storytelling at its finest. And it's, um, so many of the greatest things that have ever been done in cinema are done in this movie. Like it's a gold standard for, for great filmmaking. Um, and the, and the book is never, like people know that it's based on a book and and I think a lot of people they read the book because of the movie um myself included well it was advertised as Mario Puzo's Godfather right yeah so it's um it, it's it's it just uh the book is not a gold standard for writing great fiction uh, the, right. the, but the movie is a great right. standard so it's yeah. just it's just completely outweighs the book in, in every aspect and in, and the book is good and it's it was like reading it it was nice it, it was nice to like revisit um that character that that world and does it you, does you it get, get a little in, more insight and in, right to the characters and stuff yeah and and you go a little more into um these subplots that just wouldn't serve the movie but for the sake of like understanding characters it's nice but um it's non-essential ultimately uh obviously there there wouldn't be a movie without the book but when you're talking about like um I, I guess just comparing the artistry of the two, like one is is uh, you know a, a uh, just straightforward, and the other is a masterclass. Yeah. Are are there any books out there based on movies that you want to read? Mm-hmm. I I actually do. I'm I'm curious to read it now, especially on the heels of our conversation. Um, I'm trying to think because I'm sure they're out there. Well, there's one that I want to like. I was hesitant to read because there's a book. There's a movie I love. It's yeah. uh, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, yeah, or live, all die, repeat, or whatever. All it is. you need is kill. Yeah, yeah. All you need is kill, right? Like that's that's something I'd like to read, but I don't know how yeah. well it translates. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know it's like it's like a kind of a short story. It's more of a manga type thing. Yeah. Oh, um, um, Death Note. That's one I'm interested in. Death Note. Yeah, that was the um, Netflix original with the. Uh, the like journal if you write someone's name. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all you need is kill. I'm, I don't know. If you read it, let me know. I'll do, uh, I'll yeah. do the same, but I don't know. I'm curious about it, but I gotta get through all my Crichton stuff too. Yeah, yeah. There is there's a lot. Um, it's weird that there haven't been a lot of good. I really think only Jurassic Park for like good Crichton adaptations. Congo, yeah, Timeline, which was like infamously bad. Well, there was another one that was a straight up like drama. Um, damn. Uh, yeah, just recently I remember hearing somebody talk about it. I'll I'll 
think of it uh, later. But. The Great Train Robbery. Not a straight up drama. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Crichton created ER. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember hearing. <laughs> So maybe that maybe that's it. There's that. Maybe that is a dramatic show. Yeah. George Clooney. Poor Michael Crichton. Why couldn't he have gone a little bit longer? Yeah. Oh, Twister. That's right. Twister. Oh yeah? Yeah, he was a writer for Twister. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's he actually he's had his hand in a lot of good stuff, but it just yeah. his his books I I really like a lot of his books, but they've not really translated well before or after Jurassic Park. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, Sphere was decent. Nah, maybe I remember. I don't know. I do not remember that one. Like when you say the title, I remember that. Oh, the one, the one that yes, Disclosure is the one based. Uh, uh, it was uh, Demi Moore. And and uh, uh, Michael uh, <clears throat> Michael uh, Michael Douglas, and of course, whenever when they decide to write about sexual harassment in the workplace, they make it so Demi Moore sexually harassing Michael Douglas. That's my understanding of it. Yep, that's how that that's works. usually how it works. Yeah, so. almost always. Yeah. So, well, uh, yeah. So this cool. is a big old. Big old juicy episode. Yeah, absolutely. A and of, um, a lot of ins, a lot of outs. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. Uh, based on the two-year anniversary, uh, I want to thank everyone. Yeah. I mean, and I don't don't want to forget anybody, but I know. I mean, some of the big guys. You know, between uh, Fredo and and uh, Devin and uh, and Neil and um, and the guys from. <clears throat> Well, uh, Ross Vivian here recently, and yeah. uh, um, uh, the guys on Untapped, uh, J.K. and uh, uh, Tyler and uh, Maddie K. and Matt K. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, both of our our podcasts. You know, they listen. They our co-hosts. They listen to our episodes every week. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I've never had to repeat myself on the other show. Yeah. Uh, I... <laughs> Uh, uh, but I, I honestly, I like even even that there's like a, a handful of you guys, and yeah. hopefully there's more. Uh, thank you so much. Absolutely, I, I enjoy this like so much because it makes me want to. It makes me watch movies, but it like it makes me love movies more because of the way that we're talking about them. And it makes me dissect them and. Yeah, and appreciate them more, and uh, and I and and I want to thank you as well because oh, well, uh, you, you do all the heavy lifting and all no, the editing and it's and uh, it's all nothing. that stuff. All I got to do is show up and 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 spout into my my headset. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's nothing. I enjoy doing it, and thank you. I mean, this was your uh, your concept, and here we are two years later. That's crazy. It, yeah, I can't believe that it's been that long. But thinking about it, yeah. Yeah, I mean we're almost yeah. uh, we're closing in on a hundo. This was yeah. ninety two. Yeah, we're almost going to take over CSI. Yeah, that's the the curse of the sauce lounge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. It's, um, thank you guys. We we appreciate it. I, it's it's nice. Um, 
even if it is just a few people, it is nice listening and it's been, you know, a pleasure interacting with everybody and, and, uh, can't not mention the, the beers that, that some of you have sent. Amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Like, it's so cool. Um, just like how spread out everything has gotten. Like I, when Matt and I started doing Mavs, we lived in the same apartment like our bedrooms were next to each other right and now you know you guys are like in south central pa and um you know fredo Fredo in dallas is in houston um (laughs) (laughs) pnw the the uh the, the orange peelish, yeah, the orange peels, and we got somebody down under. So yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, it's just it's it's so cool, and it, it's think like all, all the great things and all the all the mediocre things the internet has done. It's really like I feel like we're part of a group of people who are really kind of realizing the power of the connectivity of it, and not to yeah. you know build us up too much, but it's cool, no. it's neat, and yeah. uh, so we appreciate everybody who's who's reached out and yeah i'm glad yeah. i'm glad that we uh we started this so for sure yeah. uh yeah and through all the you know the weird uh you know dogs barking or mm-hmm. kids interrupting and uh well you know and and we can't you know i wish ot would shut the fuck up she just yeah, talks she's all talker. the time she's talking you guys have no idea, but she literally talks my ear off. Like, <laughs> well, I know, and that's the thing. My wife, my wife is like, she's like, you don't talk at all. You don't never talk, and then you do like six hours of podcasting. Well, yeah, that's where all the talking goes. Yes. If you watch more movies, maybe we talk more. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, all right. thank you. Thank you. And. Goodbye. Bye. Stop.